Oh, good. What's up? Uh, can we can we integrate that into the discussion? I don't, I don't understand single hay fever. Have you seen Charlotte when she gets allergies? No. no, it's really bad. She's like done for the whole day, and she just sneezes Jeez. super hardcore, like over and over again. Like she'll be like, <laughs> and it'll be like ten in a row, and it like hurts my ears, and I'm like, fuck, go over there, and it'll go on all day. Yeah. That was Right. Just like yeah. Crying as soon as I woke up. I was sneezing profusely. Yeah. The inside of my mouth is so itchy. But why? What's in the air? So it's just pollen know. and stuff. Is it? But it's not. It's I know. Not I don't know. Yeah. I know. I'm yeah. So yeah it's. That's why I'm so confused. Yeah. I've never taken hay fever tablets before, and I am chugging them at the moment. Yeah. Oh. Well, you only supposed to have like one a day. I don't think it tells you. Any- it's an antihistamine. I don't think it does you any good having like more than. Mine says you can take between one and three, depending on. Okay, theory. right, yeah. Like have you got a, Have you tried like a nasal spray and stuff? Um, so it works pretty good. Like, because that's where it's coming. It's like you're breathing shit in here, and if you can clear your passages a bit, it helps. You just get all the shit out. So because of my problem with my head at the moment, I have to because I had these headaches. I've got some congestion up there. And um, man, I have to get this saline solution, spray it up my nose, and it, you know, I didn't realize, but your nostrils go like this. Oh yeah, yeah. sort of, and then it comes and drips down the other nostril, it's gross. And it's the, I I don't know, I've got a thing with seawater as well, like it just makes me sick when salted water gets in, and I'm like, it's gross. (laughs) Charlotte Grant comes down in the bathroom, so what the fuck is going on? I'm like, I just clean out my nostrils. All right. You got all that on tape. <laughs> yeah, <dude. River>. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> you, you need to disclose when you're recording. A bit of hazy chat. <laughs> <laughs> Very hazy. Um, Alumna, yeah, we're meeting 20. We 20. are here joined by, I've oh, done enough research today. We are here joined by Trent Hayden from the microbial. Well, yeah, halfway there. I so don't know so officially I'm um, I'm part of the Coral Reef group and uh-huh. my co-supervisor is also Justin who's part of the Ocean Microbial group. Ah, so we right. almost made it, yeah. Right. Okay, so Trent if you put it in layman's terms in a term that people can understand, how is your PhD going? What is it like? What's your journey? What's your analogy? Make us feel good. Okay, do you want me to explain a little bit of my project first? Will that if help set the scene? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, so I suppose in terms of how it's all going, I'm quite early on in my PhD. This is, I'm about three months into it. But if I looked at the progress report, you'd probably think it was my first day. Um, okay. However... <laughs> so my, my project is basically following on from previous work that I, I've done here and honours last year. Um, I'm looking at uh, stress compounds found in corals, um, in these corals that we actually find in extreme environments. So an extreme environment is basically a, an environment where it's highly fluctuative with uh, the water chemistry. And um, we're interested in these corals because they're able to survive in these areas where corals normally wouldn't. And we want to sort of have a little deeper look into them and find out what specific traits they possess that allows them to survive. Can you give us an example of some of those sites? So we've got a few sites. Um, 
One that I haven't worked on yet, but hopefully will be in some of my future, um, uh, some of my future projects. Um, we've got a site in New Caledonia. It's a it's a closed lagoon area, and basically uh, the water temperature gets beyond temperatures that corals can normally survive in, which is up to sort of 34, 35 degrees, uh-huh. and um, the pH is highly fluctuant as well. And these are little closed off like lagoon pools. Um, so you can imagine if they're only about one, one and a half meters depth, um, during the, the heat of the day, they, they get quite hot. So we've also got a few other sites up on the Great Barrier Reef in the northern part, um, where we've got coral situation situated in mangroves. So in mangrove areas, they're quite different to the rest of the reef. The water's quite murky. Um, again, uh, the chemistry is completely different but corals have somehow been able to survive there. So we want to get a little bit of a better idea um, of what actually is enabling them to survive. And as you can imagine, with all the problems we've got um, with climate change and so forth, where we've got the reefs that are degrading at a pretty accelerating rate, um, we want to potentially look at um, future candidate species that we might be able to use for reef restoration. So are they, are they different species that are specialising, or is this so there's there's similar species um, of what we've seen so far that you find on reefs. However, they've just been they've just uh, they're genetically different. So they've adapted to these environments over time, um, but we don't know exactly what those traits are yet. So um, one of my other co-supervisors, Emma, she's looked into this in a little bit more depth already. Um, so I'm going to be sort of uh, following on with some of her work, but sort of adding a different twist to it um, with a little bit more of a focus on, on looking at metabolites and, uh, and other compounds that are produced by the coral or looking at what's happening with the interactions of microbes and how they're involved as well. So, yeah, so, so, far, so far I think I'd say the journey has been pretty easy. I haven't actually been out to the field yet to do some sampling, but I'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Heading up to Always Port sunny. Douglas, yeah, in, in the Low Isles, so it's going to be a nice sunny environment while you guys are suffering down here in Sydney with the uh, winter cold and hay fever and so forth. Uh, oh, really? It's the first day of the cold and we can't handle it. Yeah, we're not used to it in Sydney, but we've got some kind of Arctic... Uh, Wind coming up, have you guys heard about this? Mm. This is why it's so cold today. Apparently it was only 10 degrees last night. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It was pretty cold last night. I was playing touch footy and I was freezing. Absolutely Ouch. freezing. One day I'm just not going to wake up because it's going to be so cold. I'm being a bit dramatic, but that's, right. that's how it feels. So, so how, why would you not wake up because it's so cold? Because you can... Because like, <laughs> <laughs> <Nah. laughs> the bed no, is warmer. So, yeah. So, So there's this guy That's who true. goes camping, I don't know who he is, someone told me about him, and where he goes it's so cold that before he goes to bed he drinks like two litres of water or something, so that during the night it forces him to wake up, so that he gets up and then he pees into a bottle, and then he uses that bottle like to keep himself warm. Oh my god. Apparently if he doesn't wake up and do that, he's just going to die in the night because it's so cold. Wow. So why would you do that? I guess it's like peeing in your wetsuit, right? Yeah. So you're in freezing cold it's water. It's like a and, natural you know. hot water bottle, otherwise you wouldn't die. But, no, 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 I know, 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 I know
I don't mean the pee. I mean, uh, why are you going to such a cold place? Right. What's the one-up someone? What's the like, goal? Well, I don't know. I just discovered you can hike the Arctic Circle, and it's right at the top of my list right now. So I imagine it's going to be extremely cold there when I go one day. Yep, probably. Because <laughs> sometimes you just want to, you know, or you go up just high altitude and it's freaking freezing. Yeah. Some people just like doing weird shit like that. And you're one. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like people looking at corals and extremes, right? Yeah. We're trying to get to these extreme environments. Yeah, like like everyone loves that. So yeah, exactly. I'm happy to not be one of those people at the moment. Mm. So, um, so you said you've three months in and so far it's been pretty easy. What what's your experience so far? Can you flesh that out for us? Are things breaking down? Do people hate you because you're doing the wrong stuff and you're the one who keeps breaking the flow cytometer or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think yeah, I don't think I'm at that stage yet where I've uh, had any uh, effects on other people and so forth with in terms of equipment use and things like that, but um, for me, uh, so far, I suppose it's been a pretty cruisy ride because my project is so similar to what I did the year before, but I, I, I think it's worth mentioning, I, I've spent a long time hanging around uh, our, our lab in C3 and I, I've watched how PhD students behave at the oh, lunchroom and, and, and so forth and you know, take, <laughs> taking long lunches and things like that. And I think one of the the suffering elements of people maybe not making so much progress is probably just kind of not focusing enough on the project. So my goal was to try this year, because I did suffer a little bit from that last year, was to try and stay focused on my project and not see this as such a social event. However, the social part of it is quite interesting as it well. Is. Yeah. Um, but you are notorious for the short lunch. I am notorious for the short lunch. I've started adopting the short <laughs> no, lunch. Plus now. The short the, the problem with the long lunch, if you've already got the idea in your head that you're going to have a reasonable length of lunchtime, then that's probably gonna end up being two hours. <laughs> and I think Anne is definitely one of these people is the notorious. Event. She'll be the first one to arrive for lunch and then the last one to leave for lunch mm -hmm. after yes. 45 people passed and also had their lunch. I did well, that. So the other day, when I came back after a nap that also went too long, <laughs> you were still there. I have noticed these naps, they've become quite a regular uh, routine now. Three, three days. The other day it was yeah. interesting, I was walking past, I was in the lab and you're just sitting back on your desk, heads behind your head, legs up on the table and you're actually sleeping. I was surprised. Oh, I yeah. Picture of yeah. So, is are these naps a cause of long days or? I, I don't know. It, there, there's been a little bit of a lack of sleep. There's mm. a bit of business, there's a bit of pressure. There's also the antihistamines, and they can be quite drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I need to like actually have a sleep to re energize. I mean, doing the teaching, so we're coming in a bit earlier. Okay. And just, yeah, by one. So it's having a talk. I need a nap. We so. need a room with beds. Mm. Mm. Like nap beds, where you can, like, you, you beep in. in no, no, you beep in, you go for 20 minutes, and then they beep you out. That's, so that, 20 that's, minutes, that's it, power nap, and you're out. That's, that's, yeah, that's not a bad idea, but I think... Uh, that could cause more problems having beds here. <laughs> uh, I, I think it, I think people go a little bit further than having naps oh, there. Um, and then I think if any two people caught going in at the same time, uh, words will be spoken. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, which is fine, fine, but I think it's a good idea. It'll just create some controversy. 
So yeah, that, that's I, I think that's 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 an interesting thought because I think I I do I am probably notorious taking these short lunches, but I don't think it essentially has an effect on how productive I am because yeah. I think I just it stresses me out more. I just always feel I've got these things to do, so I'm gonna have a short lunch, then I go back to my desk and I'm just chilling out and I'm not actually doing it. It's all it's all for effect. It's all effect. Yeah. yeah. At least people think I'm busy and and you know that's always a good look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good idea in essence, but I think I think these breaks are definitely important. Um, that's that's one thing I suppose. You are someone who doesn't eat lunch at your desk, which is something that I think is insane. You can't eat lunch where you work. The thing you is, need you, you need an actual break, and I think the thing is whether you're eating lunch at your desk or not. So whether if you are eating lunch at your desk and you're doing that because you don't want to take a break, you can't actually work at the same time of eating oh. anyway. So I've done it a couple of times and I'm like, I'm going to read this while I'm eating. I don't end up reading that while I'm eating. Oh. I'm focused on my food. So It don't work. Yeah. They're just trying to make themselves feel better. So I, I think the journey of being a PhD student is all about pretending that you're working, but not actually getting the work done. And you worry about that in the last year. And not knowing what you're doing half the time. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I think a few people have told me, I think you actually figure out what you're doing at the end of it. And you go, damn, I wish I knew that at the beginning. That would have helped me out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, coming back to food, you spent time outside of science working in various restaurants of certain upper-crust society visitation, as you put it. <laughs> Um, you love your food. Are there transferable skill sets that you've taken from outside of the workplace here, from science that you've just put in to science that are useful? This is also open to you, Anne. It's more just a question about transferable skill sets and things that you've picked up from outside that you use, um, you know, in discussions as well in social circumstances, mm. just networking, like I commenting on food in the lunchroom is a big thing. Mm. Um, everybody gets critiqued on a daily basis. That's for fun. sure. It's yeah. Very open environment. Yeah. So I, yeah, what have you picked up from the outside? Yeah, that's, I think that's a really good point because I think that does make a difference. And I, I recommend to anyone wanting to do a PhD to get. I don't like the phrase life experiences, but to maybe get. I, I really don't like the way it's. Oh yeah, you've got the life experiences. It's a really generic thing to say. It doesn't really mean anything. But I think it's important to maybe. I don't know, finish your studies, do your masters, if you haven't done anything beforehand, if you're coming straight out of high school, and then take a couple of years off, get into the workforce, and see how things are actually done in the real world, because how it's done at university is definitely not the real world. Well, that's sure. one of the things I notice, having not done a lot of work in the real world, like, yeah. this is my first full-time job. Right, and you don't that's have anyone behind you telling you when things need to be done, and you probably need that motivation at times. At times, certainly. I think everybody does, but... Already having that experience, I think, gets you in the mindset knowing that you've got deadlines. Maybe there's not someone behind you, but you need to sort of meet those deadlines yeah, at times. Exactly. Yeah. But I suppose um, I don't think uh, my critique of food, those skills are such as transferable. But certainly, um, working under 
pressure with yeah, another boss in another yeah, environment, um, which is, is pretty notorious in hospitality. Mm. Um, for me, I think more than just learning those skills in hospitality was just traveling, working in other countries and seeing how other cultures do things differently because everything is certainly functions differently in different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time in France and they've got a, a really different mentality of doing things. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not as good. Um, so examples being that uh, they, in a workplace, it's sort of, there's a, they, they want to try and, I suppose, do as least amount of work as what they think is granted for how much they're paid. So right. they're always trying to justify, well, I'm only getting this much money this month, so why should I put in extra hours? I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's something that's found all over the world. It might not just be uh, specific to that country, but there are other things that function really well there. So going back to food and, and eating, that's a really important thing in a lot of cultures. And I certainly learned that in France. It's not the eating thing. It's the taking a minute to spend time with your colleagues or your family or your friends and uh, not doing it so much the Australian way of going, all right, we're out of the pub, let's get pissed as quick as we can, but actually sitting down and enjoying a meal together and having a chat. And I, I certainly, um, that influenced me a lot when I was there. Uh, I really enjoyed those moments of just going out with people and, and having dinner, but making a, an event of it. Well, and that that's comes back to the whole lunchtime debate, I think because we've got a large majority of European nationals who value food, like... That's a really they, good point. They're working yeah. on trade sites. I roll in with four bitches on cheese sandwiches and that's that. <laughs> Whereas we now, roll in, we have a chat, we pick on Marco for always having some form of something. Lorenzo remonstrates on what lasagna actually is. Yeah. Everybody, everybody brings something to that. And it's, lunchtime is an event. That's true. That's, I really enjoy that. Yeah. But yeah, it does, it does drag on a bit. But yeah, it's certainly a time to connect and relax rather than... Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think the only exception to that is uh, who surprised us is Lorenzo, with his uh, his. uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen him? Sometimes comes his lunch. Sometimes consists of one lettuce. Yeah, I know. And then the next day is one whole chicken. Yeah. And uh, that's. But also, if he does ever come with one whole lettuce and one whole chicken. He'll never eat them together. Yeah. Right, yeah, all the exactly. Yeah. Yep. Then eat the chicken afterwards. <laughs> uh, very, very sick. I love it. So weird, but it's hilarious. So, how did you first get into science? What, what interested you? What dragged you back from working abroad and doing all that stuff? What dragged you back to the cesspool that is science and <laughs> having no cash? Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's exactly what it is, having no cash. Assessable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Um well I suppose I was I was I'd, I'd done a number of roles. I spent a little bit of time um working in uh film production. Uh so I worked for the BBC in the UK for, for a couple of years. And then when I uh off, I suppose prior or just after that I, I a contract had finished with BBC and I started working in hospitality a bit. I'd already done some previous work in Australia, but I started getting into um, sort of uh, hotel and restaurant management. And we ended up, I ended up working for this place called Soho House, um, which is a, what used to be called a private gentleman's club in London. 
Um, yeah. They don't refer to them so much anymore. What's its uh, non-euphemistic name? So it's called Soho House because it was found in, it's in Soho yeah, yeah. in London. Um, basically the idea was that it was a private members club. So club, when I say that, it had restaurants, bars and so forth, not okay. really a dance club. And it was for people that wanted to, um, I suppose, network with other people in the industry. So this was right. for the entertainment industry, anyone involved in film or music. And people at this point when I arrived, remembering that it was before the financial crisis, used to be £20,000 to become a member at this place. And that got you on the door if you were recommended by a few people beforehand. And so you're working there. So I used to work there. And what I suppose the point I was getting to is that we started um, doing getting into event management because we wanted to uh, expand the company. And we wanted to open up a... Uh, club in LA and also in uh, France and for the Cannes Film Festival. So we did a um, we hired a big uh, mansion for the Cannes Film Festival, big chateau, and we had a big party that was all paid for. We invited all the celebrities to come there, um, and basically we wanted to entice them to become a member of this club. Yeah. So we did the same thing in LA for the Oscars. We hired a massive mansion in Hollywood. And we had a huge after party for the Oscars with all the A-list celebrities. Again, you giving them everything for free. Can, can you disclose? Or to be honest, there was I, I can disclose, but there was just so many people there. So we had uh, uh, we had uh, there was Jennifer Aniston, there was Courtney Cox. I remember the Friends stars were there. There were Paris Hilton came with her little doggy in her bag. Proper A-list stars. So, and I think what was interesting seeing that is, I mean, we all know this already, but they had upstairs was all these sponsors, and they could just basically go up there and choose a nice camera they wanted, uh, some first-class plane tickets. It was well, all that's free. They don't have to actually spend their money. Um, media influence. Yeah, so I feel like I've deviated from the question here though. Where were we going with this? How did you get into science? How did we get into science? Shit, that, that was a long path. Right. So the other question is, how do celebrities then become bankrupt though? They must be making some real bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. Why are they getting that for free as well at a party? Yeah, yeah. That is interesting. I think they're just so over self-indulge that they just forget how much money they're spending. Yeah. Some of these celebrities don't even know what they're spending. They that's don't even true. pay for it. Yeah. That's true. There was this guy I remember that used to come when I was working in Saint-Tropez. Um, <laughs> now he used to come and he had a guy, he had his accountant with him telling him if he could buy these $20,000 bottles of champagne or not. It's like, yeah, you can probably get like four or five of them today and then that would be it. Four <laughs> You can probably spend about a hundred grand today. That will leave you another couple hundred grand for the rest of the weekend. Um, yeah, but I don't think they have any idea how much this stuff costs. They don't spend any money. So that's right. So so we're getting back to the point. Um, so I was involved in a bit of that, uh, and that I was still doing some work in film at the same time. But I, I suppose film trained. Uh, I I I've never. I don't have a degree in film. I, I went to a private college yeah. and um, did like a, I don't know what it was, a certificate or a diploma. Yeah, okay, cool. Yep. And I, I was focused mainly on um, post-production, so editing. Cool. And I actually started to sort of climb up the ladder a little bit in that, but I realized 
how much I hated the industry, not for the artistic side of it, but for all the politics and bullshit that went with it. So it turned out, and I realized very quickly that it was more of who you knew than what skills you could bring to the table. Um, and I don't want to say that annoyed me enough to quit and give up, but I sort of, I, I hit a dead end and I didn't want to keep on trying because I didn't like the way it worked. So I then sort of went traveling and kind of gave up on everything for a while. And somehow, science, by the way, I never studied in high school. I had no interest in science. I was probably like everybody else. I had a few books uh, on NASA when I was younger and I wanted to be an astronaut at one small point. But that changed very quickly when I got into high school and uh, studying was not an interest of mine at all. I just started basically watching a few documentaries, specifically uh, things about the cosmos and so forth, and got a little bit interested in physics. Um, and thought about going to study physics, but I didn't really have much of a background in it and I was a little bit worried. And I thought about other things that interest me and one thing that came up was the state of the environment and I wanted to be involved somehow in um, uh, having an impact in the future. I didn't want to be someone that was standing on the sideline. Um, so I decided to come back to Australia and study science. Fair play. Yeah. That was it. And you did your undergrade nice. just straight in Viro or Marine or? Yeah, so my, I actually wanted, here, I did my undergrad here at UTS, but I originally wanted to study, um, I wanted to, look, I wanted to work in environmental management. The main purpose being was that I didn't want to have too much science involved. Because at this yeah. time I hadn't done any science, and I was a little bit worried. I was like, well, environmental management looks like more like legislation and management. And management. <laughs> that might be a little bit more on my scale of what I've previously done. And funny enough, uh, I got into a course of environmental management in Adelaide because I had arrived here with my girlfriend who's from France, Charlotte. And we were, uh, she told me very quickly after a few weeks that Adelaide wasn't for her. Um, so, surprise. Yep. <laughs> so, I'm from Adelaide originally, and I, I understood that, but I'd already been accepted at this course at Adelaide Uni, and um, I said, okay, well, that's that's how things are. That's okay. Well, let's let's go to Sydney if that's more of interest to you, and she could might have a little bit of an easier time finding a job. So, we moved to Sydney. I reapplied for university, but my course didn't exist in environmental management. There was environmental biology. I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot of science, but let's give it a go. So I gave it a go. I almost pulled out at the beginning because I was quite worried about all the science. And uh, I had a go and I, I think it'd be fair to say I struggled in my first semester, but I very, very quickly found my pathway after that. And so that was environmental biology. I had a lecture from, I believe, Katerina in Biosphere on marine biology and I was I started to think well that's actually pretty interesting um, maybe I want to go into the marine stuff I think most people that study marine biology are the previous uh, ocean enthusiasts that dive snorkel surf it certainly wasn't the thing for me I just found it interesting and wanted to pursue it and now I've become more interested in uh, you know things like diving and snorkeling and and yeah, so forth so yeah but a lot of people it's the opposite yeah no, it's interesting isn't it yeah yeah um, and if you're not exposed to it then you don't know you're interested in that that's right really. yeah yeah and after, like, oh, this is 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It was just this, it was another world. And I suppose you could almost take it back to wanting to be an astronaut as a kid. That's not going to happen. No one goes into space. It's maybe five people every decade. It's a bit more than that, but yeah, yeah. Well, I saw a talk the other night. Uh, who was it? It was a astronaut from Apollo 16. Mm. I saw a little talk on it, and he said that this year NASA had 28,000 applications yeah. for one position, one That's astronaut insane. position, and they're probably 28,000 qualified people. Yeah. So yeah. It wouldn't matter which one of the top 40,000 you pick. Yeah, exactly. So how are you going to compete with that? Um, but yeah, how do you even pick one from all that? It's crazy. It's like yeah. the, tiniest, the tiniest difference between people. It would have to come down to, they would all have the same skill set, you'd think. Yeah. It would come down to just little so personality traits or, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. But, um, yeah. These people are already super qualified as well. They've definitely already all got like PhDs yeah, or they've yeah. won Nobel Prizes or they've done other shit. I was like, do you also need to be an astronaut? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, completely. But I think isn't the next best thing is, you know, the ocean in a sense. Yeah. It's like a new, I don't mean, I think there's a lot of interesting things you can study in environmental science, but the ocean is like that alien world. You go down there and you see things that you've never seen before and each time it's different and yeah. you don't feel essentially comfortable there. You're not supposed to be there, no. but we figured it out a way to be there. I think that's really I mean, cool. We discovered five percent of it. Speaking of things that aren't supposed to be there, did you see the world's deepest plastic bag in the Mariana? The world's Trench? deepest plastic no. bag. How did it sink it down there? Plastic yeah. bag the Mariana Trench. Oh. You know, like when it was from, or it's just I a generic plastic bag. I saw it on Twitter as I was scrolling past. I was like, that's really sad. That says something about the state of ocean current cycling of plastic. Ooh. Yeah, that's a really scary thought, isn't it? I don't know where we're going with that. Mm. Um, so, you, you're a fairly short lunch break to make it mm. seem like you're busy. <laughs> you are. Right? I hope that secret's not out now. <laughs> it's just to make me seem like I'm busy. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. Sometimes I'm busy. Yeah. It's just. Whether short lunch equals... Whether short lunch makes... Yeah, probably not. I, I think the answer lunch. question is definitely not. So I, I think I give you guys shit about your long lunches, but you're probably on the right path. But maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe it just allows you more time to... You know, it just takes... Sometimes it takes a long time to get into things. So if you have your short lunch and then you give yourself that time, then you start working. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I have a long lunch and I'm like, oh, okay, and then it takes it's, me it's extra true. time yeah. before I get into what I Because you, so, you need a pretty big transition period following lunch to actually get some work done. Yeah. Let's be honest. You do. But my real question is circling around how do you manage a work-life balance? Like what are, what are the little tips or tricks you've got there? What do you like to do outside of this haunting building that we mm. are in like how, how do you balance your PhD with an enjoyment outside of it I, th I think that's a really good question because I think a lot of people will sort of take two pathways in a sense that they'll either get bogged down in their PhD that's the only thing that matters in their life at the time or they'll be yeah I'm interested but I also want to have a life kind of thing and I think that the, the latter is certainly uh a more realistic approach because it's great to be kind of committed to PhD but you will certainly drive yourself insane by the end of it if that's what you're doing 
So I, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that question because I've only yeah because yeah because I've only just started. But I, I have realised the importance of taking time off, and I find sometimes I go home and I cannot get some of these questions I have off my mind. I go to sleep and I'm still asking, thinking about these things. Why something hasn't worked? I'm trying to figure that out, and and uh, I think it's really it's, you know whether it's the weekend or a weeknight just to really close your mind off from that and think about something else and then reapproach the idea with a fresh mind yeah. is sometimes the best way to do it. It's what about you guys? What do you think about that? Have I told you if my spreadsheet drink? <laughs> spreadsheet drink. <laughs> so when I, when I get really involved in something, I will start dreaming about it. Um, mm. Sometimes occasionally sleep talking. Yeah, well. But I had a dream within two or three months ago. I was doing a heap of work on Excel. I was asleep having this dream and I was scrolling down endless pages in Excel. <laughs> no, no, no numbers in the cells, <coughs> empty oh, cells. And I was falling through these empty cells and I pulled up at the bottom of row, whatever the bottom freaking row is. And then this astronaut, this cosmonaut, grabbed one of the cells at the top right hand corner and peeled it back for me. And behind that was the universe. I was like, oh my God, I'm thinking way too much about work. That's <laughs> awesome. That's a pretty funky dream though. It was yeah. pretty cool, but I was like, I'm really just thinking about Excel. Yeah. Much. So is, is that a point where you said, I really need a break now? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, all right, I think we need to not do analysis for a couple of days or yeah. let's not enter some data. So yeah, it, for me, certainly taking a break. Um, I try not to come in on weekends. If I do any weekend work, it's because I'm behind because I've taken the day off during the week. Or I try and say all well, my marking for teaching for right. weekends, so it's not actually interfering. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good, so good that's way of doing it. My supervisor had just spoken about because I'm earning, I'm trying to earn a bit more money by doing teaching. Yeah, probably teaching a little too much. Mm. So how do they feel about that? I need like to cut down a bit. Oh, I I agree. I'm teaching two subjects at the moment, mm. but probably need to drop one of them, and I'm going to next semester. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's nice to actually have some savings. Oh yeah. Rather than the three hundred dollars life savings I had <laughs> before the semester started. Yeah. And I, it's like you're a PhD student, you don't need to have savings and like maybe I'm break my leg, it's all over. Well that's right. It depends it depends like also on your age as a PhD student. So yeah. some PhD students are probably still relying on their parents to help them yeah, with things. Exactly. Whereas uh, you know, we're not so much doing that. But no, yeah. I don't live at home, I don't rely on my yeah. Sometimes my roommates don't pay rent. They didn't take the fucking bins out this morning. Uh, fucking That's frustrating. So how are you going to get through the next week with a full tab. bin? Oh, I don't know, mate. <laughs> sick of being you're like a, are you a 34-year-old? Hey. Like, how old do people think you are? People think I'm 34. There so. you go. So you're like old enough to be dad. Oh, so you're the, you're the responsible one in the house? Yes. Because the because of the perception that they think you're older than everyone. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've been taking things out. They didn't get done. So would you be worried that the house wouldn't function without you being there? No, I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> I'm not there. It's not my problem. Right. Fair enough. But yeah. Except that it is your problem except, now if the bins have been taken out. It's yeah. Partly my fault. But like, <laughs> oh, I just wish the bins were out this morning. God, why is that frustrating me so much? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Step away from my life balance. And These things happen. Um, no, I don't know. And what do you got? 
Well, I'm doing experiments four days a week at the moment. Yeah, you're flat out. Yeah, and I'm in uni every other day, so I'm coming in seven days a week. But to draw back to my our original analogy. Don't you work on your Saturday, Sunday? Like how bad should be feeling? No, I'm only doing half days. Like I have to set up an experiment. Like I set up an experiment today, and tomorrow I sample. I set up an experiment on Sunday and I sample on Monday. Okay. But it's because I teach all day Wednesday and Thursday, yeah. so I can't do any actual PhD work on those days. You were doing two days of full work. So it's yeah. like either I do nothing or I make it up on the weekend. So what's your balance? You've got, what, three whole days of PhD work? Um, it, it, like ratio to teaching? Well, Depends. I've got four. Four, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, if you can include the weekend. Yeah, well, I've got yeah, three, three days during the week. Yeah. Yeah, and two and days. And usually come in a day on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. A day or two. Yeah. Yeah. And, but Tuesdays all day I have meetings. You know, mm. I must have meetings on the day, you can't do shit. So yeah, oh yeah, it breaks Tuesdays the whole day. Out. And have, I, I got a question for you guys. I struggle a lot having two hours in between something to fill that time with something uh, productive. I need a massive time slot to be productive. And get something done. So, for example, today I'm teaching from nine to eleven, yeah. and one till three. From so eleven, here so here we are. <laughs> this is perfect timing to do lunch. something like this. Yeah, yeah. and then lunch, and then uh, yeah, you know, extended little lunch. Might be an extended lunch today. I'm feeling already. So yeah. I can't. So I can't He's do right. anything at my desk in that time. Yeah. If I do something else, I'll do it in the lab. Yes, like I, I agree. Yeah, lab stuff I can I do. Yeah. That yeah. is a bit boring, but you can do in short amounts of time. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I won't bother to do anything that involves more effort. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, mean, no, that's I can't a, do it. I want to sit down properly and do that. That's exactly yeah how, how I do it as well. Yeah. I can't do anything on my desk in that time. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. I hate entering the lab for short amounts of time. I really? For a good no, I don't mind. I like often I often go in and out of lab. Yeah. Not to do something. I, I like to do things in chunks rather than little bits. So that sounds to me like are you quite organised when you go into the lab? Because I get into the lab and I'm like, yeah, I'll do this, and I realise I don't have this. I need that. I need to organise that. I need to autoclave that, and so forth. This is a bit more involved for you. I don't even know what an autoclave is. Okay. So right. Right. Mine is counting superintendent. So I like yeah. Okay. If I go into the lab, I already I. Get, I don't go into the lab for no purpose unless yeah. I'm going to talk to someone <laughs> and I know they're in the lab. Okay. I yeah. try and plan to be in the lab yeah. for certain periods. I've got a lot of that coming up, but yeah, I okay. bring up whole force and writing and doing the Okay. Stage one. Nice. Coming up yeah, soon. How do you feel about that? Do it. Well, you're a little bit before me, yeah. I am in control of this. Oh, that's what we want to hear. Jack's <laughs> <laughs> I was going to not mention that, but it's well, interesting that it came up. <laughs> I think that young friend might not have started. Where he hasn't like, started. Just no. Like, but I haven't started at the okay. point where I made a plan. And it no, you were doing your stage one when I was doing my final, my thesis. Yeah, thesis was like morning. a month before. It was due, right? When yeah, were, like, but Jack has less than a month now. Yes. No, he has a month. He has a month. He has a month, a month still. Okay, I thought it was getting down to weeks now. But at least, oh, that's fine. No, but at least that's by not the as time well. I started with a month left, I had the plan. Yeah. Really, I knew what I was doing. I was just being slow about it. And then a month, I was like, eh, I've got to really crunch. Yeah. Down and do it. 
Yeah, that that was that was a good time though. That actually worked out really well yeah. because I was writing my honest thesis. And if if Anne wasn't here late nights with me, I would not have been motivated. Even though we were separated doing our own work, it was like, all right, I need a break. Let's go have a coffee or let's have some dinner and, and so forth. And yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I want to see. I want to see a page in one hour. Yeah, it, it is nice having someone with you. Yeah, pulling you along as well. Mm. But yeah, I think I'm in control. I submitted. I will submit a draft today. Cool. Nice. Oh, you're yeah, all over it. Yeah, doing alright. It's not the super great draft, but it is any draft. It's seven thousand words, so pretty right. Nice. Nice. So yeah, that's coming up. But yeah, that's I, where I'm you want to be. I'm putting lab stuff on hold to do that because I'm very. I work sectionally, like. Even the way I eat dinner, I eat the carrots and I eat the peas, then I eat the mashed potato and then I eat whatever's left over. Like, Meaning that the carrots and the peas aren't the good stuff? You, get, you start but with the... Yeah. It's completely sectional. Like, okay. Every, oh. I only eat three carrots and two peas and a couple more carrots. No, it's not how I eat dinner. Which is exactly how I operate. Eating, which is dangerous because you need to balance time. Yeah, see, see, right. Yeah, okay. That's an interesting I might analogy. need to change my growth. I might need to start eating dinner differently to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I'm okay for the moment. But mm. yeah, I can't even remember what we talking about. Guys, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with this studio. Because when you first invited me, I was thinking that it's gonna be this little amateur setup, but you know, we've got some professional microphones in but front of us. There's no aircon going um, today. It is a little it's hot. hot. It's getting stuffy. We've got the sun yeah, just shining, it, shining in our eyes, but. Yes, now recording's gonna be great every time now. Yeah. Not low tech recording. But yeah. Do you anyway. Have more to add in, uh, or? Not really. But to wrap it up, yeah. I wanna say yeah. that my Lord of the Rings PH journey journey is continuing. Oh, okay. So yeah. you need to bring this explain a bit to me what oh, this so means. Let me first like yeah. the very first, we were like, oh my god, this entire three years of PhD is going to be like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. And okay. so then we decided when we want to be. At the time, I was like, I'm Frodo, whatever. Like, okay. I'm going, well, Frodo ends up well in the end, though, right? Yeah, but I don't know. But you can switch between characters as you go here. Okay. Well. So who are you now? Are you still Frodo? So right now I'm Frodo because do you know where I am though as Frodo. Mm. So since like December until now. I've been asleep. You know when you get stabbed and then, oh, and then right. I've just woken up <laughs> and every like you know the other day you were like, where have you been? I was like, I'm running an experiment and every, everyone was so happy for me. Like, no, she's we're like, yeah, yeah. alright. Like, like Sam and the others So that's that's if it was Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins' hundred and eleventh birthday. Yeah, it's quite early on in a film. Oh, so is that is oh, that two weeks into a page? Oh, there yeah, you go. So it's perfectly representable. Um, I don't know. I'll yeah. get back to you with where I am. Mm. Maybe even a different film first. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, Maybe you're a different person. I'm moving. Didn't you want to be Aragorn or Gandalf? No, you can switch. 
Yeah, you can. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. I'll get that. So, do you guys think that Gandalf? Did he really make it? I mean, he's still kind of there in spirit, right? Towards the end. If you're Gandalf, of course I have. He dies. But then he's kind of like, oh, he he becomes the white wizard, doesn't he? Shit. All right, I'll take that back. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. So, Trent, do you publish any of your work on, or would you be looking to publish any work on Twitter in the future? Do you have a Twitter? Um, can people follow so, you in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, that's a, so they can they can find me on the UTS uh, staff uh, or, or whatever it is UTS student uh, profile, which yeah. is under the climate change cluster, and they can have a look at uh, some of the details of my project. I'm not one. Uh, I'm not a big person on social media, yeah. so I do have a Facebook page, but I probably would lo- think that yeah, it's that's, that's a like personal it. thing. It's also been inactive for a while, meaning I don't really post no, things. You're good. Um, so, Twitter, I'm planning on getting one because I think... Is C3 pushing you to the world's doing that? Yeah, well, our group, um, the, the Future Reefs group, wants to be more active yeah. um, with Twitter. So, if I would get one, yeah, for the purpose of... Yeah, no, I think it's a really good... Exactly, I think it's a really good way of um, seeing uh, new publications well, that have come out and I following people. So, you've got one now? I've, I've had one. Okay. I've used it scientifically this morning for probably the first time. And? It was good. I was just scrolling. I was looking for a break, scrolling through it before my meeting, like five minutes. I was like, oh, there's a paper that is exactly what I want. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. So I've got two it's... papers I'm going to read after this. Awesome. Kind of support mm-hmm. stuff. We'll go straight into my review. I should do it. I'm having a hard time finding good papers on Google Scholar at the moment. Mm. But yeah, just as new stuff comes out. So I follow a bunch of people who work on very similar stuff. Yeah. 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 That's the idea. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Do you have one in? No. No, so we should do it. But yeah, everyone, these guys have been telling me. Yeah, everyone raves on about it. And if you follow people that are involved in your field of research, they will retweet stuff of other people and you'll find relevant stuff, right, from what I've heard. So, I've got a question. Do you you follow Donald Trump on Twitter? No. No. My Twitter is a mixture of satirical comedy uh, accounts. Mm Mm-hmm. AFL-based accounts okay. um, and posting. A lot of people will see me posting that. Following people who do podcasts. Yep. Reaching out to certain people there and scientists. Okay. Not much political stuff. I do listen to some political podcasts and follow those people, but I won't follow Trump. I don't see the point in it. Fair enough. Um, someone else will tell me outrageously later what he's done and what he said. <laughs> Not a big fan of what he's done with the Iran deal currently, but look, that's for another podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're not on Twitter yet, but when you are, we'll publicise that one day and we'll be on Twitter. Sounds good. Yeah. But for the moment, um, we've still got a Facebook page, we've still got Twitter at alum.yet, which I usually operate this through. You can contact me individually at Pelagic Johnson, um, reach out, give us a follow, give us a review, rate us, subscribe. We do have a couple of guests lined up. Um, Larissa Fisher has oh, yeah. tentatively said, oh, yeah, but not now. Ooh, she doesn't want to commit yet. Mm. I think she'd be very interesting. And Sean Price, um, who oh, is yeah. simultaneously doing a master's and a it's PhD. A, like Scott was in, saying we need to branch out of the environment. We do. We do need to branch out of the environment. Um, well, Scott, these are all our friends, of course, so it's easy. Scott yeah, Chandler has sure. been lined up. Uh, oh, so nice. Scott That'll make a good one. Yeah. He'd be a lot of fun. So there's a couple in the works in the future, but subscribe, like, follow, do all that stuff so we don't have to keep asking you. Anyway, this is just a bit of fun for us. 
But otherwise, that's it for today. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah, we'll get this far. <laughs> we had a bit of a break for a while. Really? I got busy. But, yeah. you know, we made it back and we should get regular again.